welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And uh, we've got another patron requested episode. And this one comes to our patron, Adam O, who's requested that we cover Steel Empire for the Sega Genesis, a shooter. It's been a while since we've done one. Uh, but before we get into that request, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Well, I, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of time uh, for, for fun and games, if you will. Um, but I have been able most nights to kind of kind of sneak on. I, I, you know, I, I think I mentioned I picked up one of those Oculus headsets. I've been getting on a lot of nights with it. Uh, maybe a drink or two involved and playing a little uh, little little VR poker and, and finding myself in, in quite the predicaments playing against, well, the, the sort of people you probably assume are playing VR poker um, at, at 1 or 2 a.m. Um, a lot of people that, that sound like they, they possibly smoke uh, maybe nine packs a day. Um, a lot of people that have a partner, uh, you know, arguing with them in the background. Uh, it's been a time. It has been a time. Um, I, this is one of those things where I say I've, I've made some friends a long way, but I have not. If nothing else, I've, I've met a large amount of people um, that I would like to stay far away from. Uh, other than that, I have been playing that fucking Knockout League, and I can't say enough good things about it. Um, I was a little skeptical at first. I know when the trailer came out, um, you know, people shit on it for the most part, because when something's really colorful and it looks like fun, that's the thing to do nowadays. Um, but no, it, it, it's been a blast, and and I think it's definitely one of those that's, that's easy to pick up. And, you know, it's easy even just getting on there and not knowing a lot to, to have a highlight or two as you play through, make it seem like your time is worthwhile. But there's definitely a learning curve to that thing, which I am am working on now. But that's that's a that's a big old recommend from me. Uh, they just had a, a free week go by, but I think it's 20 bucks and it's probably the most fun I've had um, online with a, a competitive uh, multiplayer game in quite some time. Unsurprisingly, I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter Rise. Again, the last new 3.0 uh, expansion hit, and so I've been getting over, uh, you know, rank 100 to do the the new quests and the new monsters. I'm I'm enjoying it very much, but I'm not here to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. I'm not here to talk about how I finished Monster Hunter stories because, frankly, it's a lot like Pokemon and not worth mentioning. But last episode, uh, in, in the listener question segment, we, you know, someone asked about, like, what game is it It just never clicked with you that's a good game or something along those lines. I, I can't remember anything. But I do remember that I mentioned that I thought Metal Gear Solid 4 was not a good game. And, uh, and while I did not get the backlash I expected across the board, I did get some from the people I expected it from. And... I also felt bad because I've never really gotten very far in it. So up mm -hmm. until that episode where I mentioned how I didn't care for Metal Gear Solid 4, I apparently had not really played much of the game at all. I was still in the Middle mm. East segment, which is Act 1 of, I guess, 5. Uh, and I hate that segment. I still hate it. I forced myself through it. I find it to be uh, not really Metal Gear. It, it's got a lot of... A lot of shooter parts, and, and it's yes, there's some stealth, but I felt like it was just chaos, and I didn't really enjoy it necessarily. Uh, but I got past that, finally. I got through that segment of the game, and I got to go to South America, and then I got to go to a weirdly weird stealth section in, like, the UK, I think. Uh, or not UK, like, Eastern Europe. I didn't like that segment section either. But overall, I did finish this game, and I have to say, I... I don't disagree that I think it's a bad game on its own. Like, if Metal Gear Solid 4 came out without the other Metal Gear Solids existing, 
I think everyone would say, what the hell was this? This game doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's happening. Uh, a lot of this game is just, you know, watching people talk. There's no, there's no gameplay to most of this game. I'd say over half the game is cutscenes. Uh, but if you've played the previous Metal Gear Solids, it's a wonderful ending to, like, I, I know there's Metal Gear Solid 5, and they did other games that were on the Vita and PSP. But I think 4 was intended to be the actual end of the series. I think it's a great ending to wrap everything up. I think it's a great game that, that if you play the other three, like you get to go back to Shadow Moses, you get to do a lot of really cool callback sections. There's a lot of flashbacks literally in the game. Uh, I enjoyed it very, very much as a as a closure to the previous games I played. But I stand by that on its on its own, it's still not a very good game. <laughs> but I, I did finish it, and no longer is it a game that I can say I hate that doesn't click for me. Instead, I, I get it, and I like it, but I, I, I still don't quite understand why people love it as much as they do. Let me ask you, can I ask you a question about it? Sure. When you got to the, the microwave section, did you stand up as you were <laughs> hitting that button? The natural inclination is, apparently is to get up to your feet as you're hitting that button to crawl through that fucking microwave. Uh, yes, yes. Because I, I thought, <laughs> anytime you're hitting buttons, and it's so long that I was like, I, I definitely... Uh, I, I definitely got into it, and I thought I made a mistake. I thought I lost. I thought that was the end of the game for me, but uh, apparently that's how it's supposed to be. I, I mean, it was fun. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I really liked playing through it. I really wanted to see where it was going, but now that I finish it, I strongly doubt I will ever play it again. I, that's that's kind of how it is. I mean, I, I beat it, and I was like, thank God I played this, but I don't really want to play it again. <laughs> it's just one of those games you have to play for the experience, and like you oh, said, yeah. it, if you had never played a Metal Gear Solid game before, you'd just be like, what the hell is this game? But otherwise, you you just play it because of, of just how insane it gets, especially in that second half of the game where it's just jumping the shark over and over and over again. The Battle of the Metal Gears, you know, the whole thing with the microwave section, the 16 different endings that happen. It's just, and they all keep one-upping themselves over just the, oh my God factor, what the fuck is happening? Uh, it, it's just, that's what I remember about Metal Gear Solid. You actually said when you were playing like the second section where, where you started to really get into it like gameplay-wise, and I was like, I don't even remember that part because I'd just kind of forgotten playing that game. I just remember watching it and then just being blown away by the insanity of it all. Yeah, once you get back into South America, the second act of the game, it reminded me more of Metal Gear Solid 3. You know, it's, it's jungle-based, you're crawling around, you're going through like... Uh, there's like tunnels through parts of it you can use to sneak around. I, I really like that. And and I did like that it continued what the first section kind of taught you was you use the chaos of war kind of to, you know, be an extra level of of, uh, of cover for yourself. Right. Which I liked. But I thought in the first section, it didn't teach that incredibly well. Instead, it taught me that I can just run around with my gun firing at everything and I'll probably get through it. And to be fair, the rest of the game kind of does the same thing. There's only a few sections where you've really got to be stealthy. But uh, but no, I, I really liked I, I really liked the game ultimately. But um so I, I at least wanted to to go back and clarify that after last week, if you were very upset that I spoke badly of Metal Gear Solid 4, I am here eating a plateful of crow because it's quite fun, <laughs> a quite good game if you've played the other Metal Gears and like them. But on its own, I cannot imagine someone who'd never played a Metal Gear thinking, this is a great game instead of just, what the hell am I watching? Man, it's, it's nice. I, I don't think anybody's eaten a, a good helping a crow here since Jeremy and I did over the Switch. So that's a nice little change of pace there. So, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Speaking of listening to people talk, uh, I I wanted to come on here and be like, I you know, I finished Resident Evil 8, and it's amazing. I didn't actually get to play any more of it. Uh, 
since then I have had to do a lot of family stuff. You know, it's uh, it's uh, rough times right now. So I, the only thing I've been able to do as far as finding time for myself is to get back into Final Fantasy XIV for the 17th time. Mm. I, it's just one of those games I always kind of go back to and, and start a new character and, and go through it because I enjoy that game. I never made it to Heavensward, which was the first expansion pack. And that is the one that everyone is like, you have to get to this to see what, you know, this game is all about because it's such a, a you know, a, it's a much better version of what we have in the, the base game of Final Fantasy fourteen. So I always wanted to do it. But there was just always these things that kind of stopped me here and there. I just kind of stopped playing it, uh, or I would get, make it to these sections of the game where you had to play through some pretty rough uh, raids or something to, to make it through before you could actually get to... Because uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen, you can't just level you and, and progress in the game. You have to go through the story to progress in the game. So... That that was kind of the big hurdle for me was getting through all this stuff before I could actually get to Heaven's Work. You just can't go and play it. It's a, there's a whole lot you need to get through, and a lot of cutscenes, a lot of story, a lot, a lot of teleporting to this person, listening to them talk, and then teleporting back to the other person to listen to them talk. That is a majority of Final Fantasy XIV as far as the story goes. So I finally got to right before. I was going to get to Heaven's Word, and I was like, oh man, here it is. I finally get to it. And the screen comes up, you know, some kind of warning you about something. It's like, listen, a cutscene's about to play, and it might be a little bit long. And I'm like, holy shit, they've never said anything about this, and cutscenes have went on for 20 minutes before. And then I was like, all right, I got time. So I pressed the button, and then a second warning came up and was like, Listen, we're for real. This is going to take a minute. <laughs> you, you need to sit down. And this, you know, if you ain't got time, don't start this, basically. Uh, but if you, after you press this button, there's no going back. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And you know what? It was amazing. The whole cutscene was, was, was amazing. It was like this 100-hour-long story set up to basically the uh, Red Wedding episode from Game of Thrones. Oh. And just out of nowhere, nothing like this has been in the game since then. It was fucking just crazy, but it was a 50 minute long cutscene. And I, I was like, I looked down, you know, it didn't seem like it took that long, but after it was done and I could actually press the controller to make my character do something again, it was like an hour later. I was like, holy shit, this game. Uh, but I finally, finally made it to Heaven's Word. And so far, they are right. It is a much better version of Final Fantasy 14. It kind of seems like this is the Final Fantasy 14 that the guys that inherited the complete mess of a game that Final Fantasy 14 originally was. This is their vision for what they wanted to do going forward. Mm. And maybe that's why the whole red wedding scene kind of happened. They were like, fuck all this shit that we inherited that we don't even want. Just kill everybody. And now we get to do our own thing. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm going to stick with it because I don't really have anything else to do. I can't really play anything that has, you know, that I can stick around with too long because I'm constantly having to get up and run around. But so far, I agree with people. If you're playing Final Fantasy fourteen and you've never made it to Heavensward, definitely get to that point. Yeah, it's definitely a game that, that a lot people that play Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, I mean play it hardcore. Like they they have 
been in it for a long time. Like I, I played it with you for a little while, and I enjoyed it a lot. I, I don't know exactly why I quit, except for time constraints. But, uh, but no, it was very good, and I definitely would love to play it again. In fact, I should be playing it now while I have all this time off. But instead, I spend time playing all the games requested to us by our patrons, like this week's episode on Steel Empire for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> As mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron pick. Uh, this was picked by Adam O on Patreon. He picked Steel Empire for the Sega Genesis. So welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Thank you for picking this. We haven't we haven't done a uh, like a regular shmup probably in a hundred episodes. So it's nice to to have something a little more like what we actually started with. Our very first episode was a shmup. So uh, is this a, is this one that you were very familiar with? Did you have it when when you were a kid, or is this something you kind of found later? No, I found this one later. Um... When I was just, I, I collected when I was, I didn't really collect when I was younger, but I had a Genesis when I was younger and I had an NES and I quickly got rid of the NES cause I didn't like it. And I know I'm in the minority on that, but yeah. Um, so the Genesis, I had a few games for it, but no, this was one I discovered when I was an adult. So that most of my Genesis experience was when I was older. I had access to friends with Genesis's, but I didn't have one as a kid. So uh, it wasn't until way later when everyone was trading stuff in for uh, 32-bit systems that I, I actually got my hands on a bunch of Genesis games. But this was not one that I had played before, right. and, and I'm pretty sure Billy and Jeremy hadn't either. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing their take on it. Um, I, I already know some things I want to point out that I think makes this game stand out compared to a lot of other shmups. But is there something that, that made it stand out in your mind as a, a notable shoot 'em up game? Okay, well, let's get one thing out of the way because I know how Billy Holiday is going to be. He's going to say something about the little voice that says "good luck," and yeah, I get it. It's it sounds a little weird, like some robot child or something. But the rest of the game actually sounds pretty good. So the music sounds pretty good. The little sound effects are pretty good, in my humble Sega fanboy opinion. But um, no, other than that, I really like the the music and the visuals of the game. Um, yeah, I was between this and a couple of other things that I was going to pick, but the way that I discovered your podcast was from Skull Monkeys, because that was one of my favorite games growing up, and I didn't think anybody knew what the hell it was until, you know, one day just looking around on Spotify, and I type in Skull Monkeys, and boom, there's Retrovaniacs. But you're the only other person. You and me were the two people that played it when it was new, I guess. Because we only got one copy when I sold games. At, I used to work at a, a game store. And we got one copy. I bought it. We never saw it again. <laughs> Dude, I found mine at a, a pawn shop when I was like 11. So, yeah. I mean, you got it for probably a better price than I did. I paid full price. I'm probably the only person uh, in the United States that bought that game for full price. But I love it. And I'm glad that you liked it uh, enough to find it. Now, are you a, a big... Um, like a shoot 'em up player in general, or is this something that, that you kind of liked, but you aren't really familiar with the genre that much? No, I like shoot 'em ups. Um, I would say that gaming is more of like a casual thing for me. I don't like anything past the, the PlayStation two and the dreamcast. I just can't, I can't get into it. <laughs> yeah, the I, open world, stuff, things like that. I can't, I can't do it, but like shooters. Yes. I, I like this one. 
I like, you know, Darius Guiden for the Saturn and, you know, I have other shooters. I, I keep trying to play Subterranea and I just can't, I can't figure out how to control it. I know you guys have covered it. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't play it. <laughs> it. It's got a definite, like a Lunar Lander kind of feel to it where you have to really work on that gravity piece of it along with trying to be a shooter i, I really liked it because that made it more difficult but uh, i can see how if you're looking for something more standard shoot em up style that that's not gonna scratch that itch for you but i thought it was neat because it was so different it looks great and everything i just can't i can't figure it out you know i, I think this game looks really <laughs> good too i actually was pretty impressed with the graphics and i do like the sound i don't know i'm not going to speak for billy and jeremy but i thought it sounded good uh, not even for a genesis game i think it sounded good um right what i now this is I'm not great at shoot 'em up games. I like them, and I, I'm good at the ones I've played a lot of, but I'm not very good at them. This one is not incredibly difficult, but it definitely has some some real spikes in it. Yes. it's. Uh, I'm not very good at them either. They're just really super fun, watching stuff blow up and flying around in spaceships and things like that. But there's definitely some pieces of this game that are infuriating, like the part where you have to fly through the little cave and you got the different, you know... If you don't get those little hearts, I mean, you're already fucked anyway, but if you don't get those little hearts, you're super fucked. Right. Because <laughs> you're not, uh, you're going to lose all the lives that you have trying to make it through that little area right there. Well, so, and, it's, and then it's... you fight a boss like right after you get out of that little area. Right. Well, and you get to pick the two ships from the beginning if you want to be the little ship or the big ship, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> Except that in those caverns, the big ship, you're done. You're just going to hit the walls. You're not going to make it through. So it's kind of, it's one of those like, I really like that option, but I really wish there was some kind of like heads up, like, hey, this really would be better if you use this ship for this level, since you can change them on and off. And I think that the the Zeppelin is probably the big appeal of the game, because I can't think of another game where you can be a friggin' Zeppelin, so that was the, kind of the thing that sold me on it. But to be honest, I never, I never used the Zeppelin, because after playing it once or twice, I saw the little obstacles that you have to go through where if you're that Zeppelin, you're going to get popped every time. So you have to have played it enough to know what the level layout is going to be ahead of time to know, okay, I need to be very agile. So I'll use the smaller ship, the, the biplane kind of ship, or I've got to be, you know, I can be a tank, a slow moving, very destructive force. <laughs> and then you want to be the, the Zeppelin. I think, especially when they get more and more powered up, that Zeppelin becomes just a wall of fire and it's pretty great. Right. Uh, when, when you're playing a level that does not require you to be extremely agile. There's, there's another part towards the end. I don't know if you finished this game, but there's uh, near no. the last level, there's another <laughs> part where you... Essentially, it's like that. the, the second level is where it has the, the things you're talking about where you have to go through these caverns real quick and dodge. Yeah. You kind of know ahead of time where the cavern's going to be. Uh, it's very similar, except you're going down through these, like... You're in, like, an underground base facility, but you're not getting the whole, the whole visual of where you can fly. So you have to actually know ahead of time, like, what you need to fly around or else you get smashed against the wall. <laughs> right. And that's another one okay. where it's like, oh, no, this is really, really painful with this big ship because I'm not making it through these little gaps where the ship, the other ship would be very helpful. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I did like the Zeppelin. I thought that was the, when I first played, I was like, oh, cool, this is, this is neat. I've never played like this, but it's so big that I was like, this is going to be a problem. And, <laughs> and I wasn't wrong, but I like that you can right. switch back and forth in between levels. You're not stuck with it the whole time. If you do, you know, have to continue, you can pick again. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult, but I was able to get to, uh, without doing any weird save state stuff, I, I, I can probably get to level four or five now pretty consistently. Um, with after all my continues and everything but uh but i was not right. able to beat this uh, as intended and that's okay i think a lot of sh a lot of shooters uh, that i could say the same thing but I, I got to see them and that's the important part <laughs> <laughs> no i have i'm playing it on the regular old school genesis and with a cart so yeah i'll make it maybe to level four or five 
And the more I play, the better I'm getting at it. But it's just finding the time to, to be able to play it. But yeah, I haven't made it past four or five. So <laughs> yeah, if I was playing this on the card, I'd, I'd have to say the same thing. I can get to four pretty regularly. I've gotten to five and felt good about it. But uh, some of the stuff towards the end of five, and especially the parts I got, I played through on six, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to beat this for real. But that's okay. It's uh, th- those kind of games. I don't need to finish the whole way through to feel good about them. If I can make a lot of progress, I mean, I have a lot of of shoot 'em ups I bought for like the Switch because they're normally on sale, and and I like those kind of games. There's a lot of collections of them and that's another one if i can get through if there's six levels and i can get to level four i feel pretty good about myself like all right i did it without any any cheapness i just blow, you know blast my way through level four good for me i'll work on it i'll get to it but it's going to take a long time oh yeah no it's it's a super fun game though uh great color and great sound and that was what really the the steampunk aesthetic is what really sold me on it well, and it's what's going to stand out. I think that's what, I mean, the first thing we're going to mention, really, when we talk about this is is how it looks, how it looks different than a lot of other shooters, and that steampunk theme, that kind of, um, it almost feels World War II plus steampunk in, in a lot of ways. It's really neat. I, I like it a lot. Thank you for picking this one. It's neat for us to play a game none of us have played before, and especially a, a genre we don't hit too often, because it's really hard to talk about shoot 'em ups for any real length of time without being like, yeah, let's go through level by level and explain what's in it, because no one wants to hear that. But this has some things that stand out gameplay and mechanic-wise that I think makes it an interesting topic and an interesting game to talk about. So thank you very much for recommending this one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had never played Steel Empire before this request. Um, had, had either of you played this game? Oh God, no! I am, uh, I, I, you know, I am not a shooter guy by any any means. Um, so I mean, a shooter and and on the Sega Genesis to boot, um, this this wouldn't probably wouldn't even have flashed up on my radar. Um, I may have passed this one a billion times. <laughs> at the video store i don't know but this uh just at that time it just it wasn't something of interest to me so no uh, this was my first time playing through this one uh actually no i did not but i remember seeing it on my video store shelves like billy i was not a big shooter fan unless it had uh, the title axel a on it but i (laughs) i remember seeing it i remember a blimp on the cover and that always at least got my attention because i'm a big fan of blimps and if you play a game where you play as a blimp, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll maybe give it time. I unfortunately never did, but here we are in 2021, and I'm playing as a blimp. Yeah, exactly. You finally got your chance. Um, you know, I was going to say we haven't covered very many shooters. Uh, you know, you mentioned Axel A. That was our very first episode. And I thought at first, I was like, oh, that's the only shooter we've ever done. But I actually went back and looked. And we've done five shooter episodes, uh, arguably more if you count a game like Jackal, which I don't. I count those as run and guns, even though it's kind of a, a mix, but we did Axel A, we did Guardian Legend, which is kind of a half and half. We did Air Zonk, which is a cute em up, but still counts. Uh, Subterranea, I don't really know how to qualify. I'd say it's a shooter more than anything else. And then uh, Billy wasn't here for this, but uh, but a year ago, you and I had done the Alpha Mission Star Force episode. That's the last time we had touched on a shooter, and those we did because they were the most generic shooters you could think of. So we don't do that <laughs> many shooters, but we have done a handful. Uh, and, and this was one I also, like I mentioned, never played. Uh, I am surprised, Billy, you didn't give this one a shot, only because the developer of this game is Hot B, 
which I know you know because they've done your favorite game series, the Black Bass series. Hot B is a oh, developer for that as well. Holy shit. Um, man, well, you know, uh, I, I won't show my hand yet, but maybe they should have danced with who brung them. I don't know. Um, I, God almighty. I, I did not put that together. Hot B from, from the Black Bass Infamy. Trying their hand in a shooter game. That's that's quite a jump, isn't it? Well, they they'd also done a game called Insector X uh, as well. They'd done some other shooters, but they're big. They're big. Their bread and butter seems to be the uh, the the Black Bass series. Um, oh and, yeah, that's that's the lasting legacy of Hot B. Uh, and, and this was this was developed by Hot B, as I said, published by Flying Edge, at least in the U.S. Came out in 1992 for the Genesis uh, everywhere. Uh, this game, as Jeremy mentioned, you get to be a blimp. More accurately, this is kind of a like a a steampunky sort of feel to the game. Uh, it is oh, a yeah. a standard shooter in that it's it's you know a left to right scrolling shooter, like like Gradius or, or any of those side side scrolling shooter styles. But to make this game stand out, one of the things the thing you'll notice from the very get go is that yes, there's there's blimps and there's like steam trains and a lot of stuff that looks very much like like a steampunk aesthetic which you know now is a little more common but back in 1992 not so much at all that was probably like the most interesting thing to me about this because yeah you didn't actually see that aesthetic too much back in the day so uh, an entire game built around the whole steampunk style is pretty cool especially being a shooter and I'm a fan of just about any shooter, I think, where it is not your standard space shooter, where you're not playing yeah. as a space... Yeah. You know, I mentioned Axel A before, which is your kind of your standard space shooter, but I really like it. But uh, generally, you know, cute em ups like Air Zonk. Um, ah, there's uh, one that I can't remember for the Sega CD, um, that it was also a cute em up I was a big fan of that one. Um there's like anything that I'm not playing as a spaceship, I guess mm -hmm. I can kind of relate to more. And uh, as long as maybe I'm there's, it's a larger Sprite than like the tiny little ones that you, you got back in the day. I, I, it keeps my attention more, I guess. I don't know why. And as soon as I started playing this, you know, I like the whole steampunk uh, art style. I like the, you know, the, that you do get a bigger thing as long as you select the blimp. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of up my alley. I I was kind of surprised that that this was uh, something that I actually I actually did end up enjoying. And and I'm in the same boat. Um, if if this would have been a space shooter, I immediately <laughs> um, my expectations would have been at floor level. Um, I I I just feel like that's the most common um, you know setting for these. So to see this and, to, you know, see it was doing something a little different and to fucking hear it, um, I, this, this ain't a bad game, um, both in the, the audio and visual department. Um, I, I was I was hopeful going into this one. Um, I, I loved that it was doing something a little bit different. Uh, yeah, the steampunk thing. I mean, nowadays it's fucking it's played out. But, I, you know, I put myself in the mindset of back at that time. I would have been blown away by that. And the fact that you can play as a blimp, uh, you, you get choices. But if you wouldn't pick the blimp, then I then I don't think you need to be, be listening to us anymore. And and before we drop the whole steampunk thing, they actually went like all the way for it because whenever you get to the first menu, 
uh, you know, it's got like the little scroll of music. What do, what do you call that stance or whatever down at the bottom? Like sheet music. That's mm-hmm. playing. That's playing the music and everything. And when you go into like the the story, like it's playing like these old like 30s and 40s. It looks kind of like it's on a projector. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they really uh, went all in on that kind of style, and I that's one thing that just instantly got my attention with this game, and and really held it to the end. Yeah, they, they did a great job with that theming, and, and like you said, it does look like the, the wraparound story to these levels looks like it's you know kind of an old projector. It flashes a little bit. I was a little concerned mm-hmm. at first because I thought the whole game was going to play like that because it is a little <laughs> annoying, but when you actually start playing the game, for the most part, uh, you won't have a problem with things flashing. They, they do try to do something with some lighting effects in one of the levels, mainly the second Ooh. level, um, mm-hmm. that, that I think kind of were... Uh, irritating in the same way but it's a very short section and uh and really not that bad but yes the the game looks like you're watching an old movie reel and it's got this you know very much this this steampunk you know kind of 40s germany aesthetic to to it if if, but with this steampunk technology that obviously wouldn't have existed at the time uh very very cool the story to the game itself is not interesting at all it is literally you are uh, part of the Republic of Silverhead. Uh, they have a, a lightning bomb that's going to turn the tide against the Motorhead Empire, who's trying to take over the world. So they are kind of the last hope for the world to take on the Motorhead Empire uh, by sending in a plane or a blimp with these lightning bombs to, uh, to take everything out. As Jeremy and Billy both mentioned, uh, you can play as a, a, like a, a Zeppelin, a, a giant hot air balloon. Or not hot air, but like a giant... Uh, like a giant blimp, not not a higher balloon, but but a, a Zeppelin blimp style thing. Uh, when you start the game and at the beginning of every level, you get to decide if you want to be the Striker airplane, uh, which is smaller, or this big Zeppelin airship. Uh, the the game shows you a little bit of stats at the time. Basically, the the Striker airplane starts with a faster speed, uh, but obviously it's smaller and it doesn't do as much like it doesn't have as much firepower and it has less health. Uh, instead of a, a dying in one shot like many shooters, you thankfully have a health bar that does have refills you can find. It refills at the end of the levels. Uh, so the, the Zeppelin's benefit is that it has more firepower. It's larger, which is uh, good and bad, but it's larger, which means that, that what you're firing is larger. It's hitting more things. And it has a larger health box. Um, the first level specifically, I think what Billy said earlier is correct. You you play that first level, you pick the Zeppelin. One, there's not many games let you do it, so you go for it. And two... Uh, any level you're going to have where most of your fighting is done in open air, you're going to want the Zeppelin. The Zeppelin mm-hmm. is great for fighting air-to-air combat. It, 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 like I said, it, it kind of has a, especially when it's fully powered up, and we'll get into the power-up system in this game, it's a wall of fire, and it's great. But the downside is there are levels in this game, and in this case, specifically level two highlights this, where you really want to have the plane because you're going to be in much narrower areas or have to dodge things that are very large, and the ship being faster and smaller is the only way you're going to avoid taking damage by not running into things. So you can't, technically you can get away with playing either of these ships the whole way through the game, especially if you decide to increase your continues or if you're using any kind of save states to to kind of make it easier. But if you're playing this with the default settings, I think you need to know what levels to switch back and forth between that smaller plane and the bigger Zeppelin. I just went balls out on that Zeppelin. I didn't yeah. even care. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, just, I, I just, uh, you know, I didn't even look back on that plane uh, because the last time I was able to play as a Zeppelin in a shooter game was the Rocketeer on the Super Nintendo. Oh, yes. And that was a, a dream that died horribly. Um, because it was just a complete mess. It was awful. And now, it's, as soon as I saw that I could play as a blimp in this one, I was like, that's it. I don't even care what's what's the other one that you, that you get to play as. It's, it's blimp time. 
Yeah. But uh, <laughs> one thing I will say, uh, you know, I mentioned all this other stuff that kind of gets me into the, the few things that does get me into shooters uh, is when you have a life bar. And this one definitely does have a life. The blimp has a longer life bar than the plane, which is another reason why you should pick the blimp because blimps are cool. But uh, you you do get a life bar in the, in the shooter, which I have come to understand that shooter fans do not like. They say you do not have a life bar in a shooter game. Otherwise, it is not a shooter game uh, at that point. But uh, if that's the thing that I need to enjoy an actual shooter game, then bring it on because I was super excited to see that I didn't did not die in one hit and have to like start with absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're shooting, it's a shooter. Um, but yeah, I was blimper bust from the beginning of this thing. I never looked back. Um, I can see uh, with with Jeremy P talking about that the uh, the other ship would be a little more useful. <laughs> In some instances, but I, you know, I was committed, you know, I, I was committed to it and I ran with that blimp from beginning to end. Yeah. And I, I definitely use the blimp, uh, especially for, for the, like, again, the first level, uh, and the third level and basically every other level I would switch back and forth. But, um, there, there are definitely mm. some levels that really, when you have the blimp, they're much, much easier. And when what, you're, you're a coward. <laughs> well, again, the, the second level has these, and we're going to get to the levels, but the second level kind of has these tunnels you got to fly through real fast. And, and with the Zeppelin, I mean, yes, you have that larger health bar, and you're going to need it because it's impossible to dodge all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> but we will get to the levels shortly. I do want to get into more of the game mechanics first. Uh, the default setting for the game is you start with three lives and two mm -hmm. continues. There are seven levels in the game. Uh, each level has a mini boss and a larger boss. Uh, when you finish the mini-boss, if you have to continue, not die, but actually use one of the continues, you will start after that mini-boss, which is good. It's kind of like the stages are broken up into halves. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Sega Genesis controller, a standard three button, not the six button. So the A button will drop your lightning bombs. Uh, in the, the top corner of the screen, it shows you how many bombs you have. I think you start with three. Uh, and again, if you, if you lose them, you can get more, but they are not uh, incredibly... Um, Plentiful. They're not incredibly plentiful, so you're not going to want to just constantly hit that bomb button. You want to save them. Uh, B will shoot to the left side of the screen and turn your, your ship that way, and the C button will shoot to the right of the screen. I love that. I love that you can fire in both directions. You don't. It's not which way you're facing, so you can actually still fly around and fire both left and right with just, just the two buttons. It's much simpler than, than a lot of games would make to fire back and forth. I, I, I'm quite a big fan of how they had that done. Uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned all the, the shooters that we covered. Kind of forgot one when we played Tailspin for the Disney Afternoon. I, uh, I actually did remember we did Tailspin after okay. I wrote that list down. But uh, but you know what? I'm going to be honest. We played Tailspin probably for a total of 10 minutes. Yeah, but you could totally <laughs> shoot backwards in that game. And that's exactly what reminded me of uh, when, I, when I was playing this one, too. I was like, oh, yeah, you can totally do that. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, I like the whole – it plays well. Uh, and when I say it plays well, I mean it doesn't play like a shooter for me. I, it does, but it's kind of like on a... It, it may be like a shooter for beginners, which is what I need. And I'm going to keep harping on this because I can't tell you how bad I am at shooters. Um, but it does... It all... It, everything together. Like, it just, it, it's just kind of fun to me. I don't know if you guys just kind of like playing this game. But I, I was relieved when I actually started playing this because I was like, oh no, a Patreon wants us to play a shooter and god damn it that's even worse than fighting games on this channel sometimes but you know it's just like i, I got in it's like wait this is actually kind of fun i'm enjoying mm -hmm. myself for once playing a shooter and this one seems to have a level of, of, of accessibility to it that others have lacked because i also um 
uh, was enjoying this one early on. And I, I was shocked to say the least um, that I was actually having a good time getting through this one, you know, between the, uh, you know, the theme, like we were talking about earlier with the, the presentation of it as you're playing through. I, I think this is one of the better looking um, Genesis games, kind of the way this game does its backgrounds as you play through. Uh, there's some, some pretty nice looking scenery there. And, and yeah, especially that, the shoot, the shooting behind you, the controls, very intuitive, very simple. Um, yeah, this definitely does feel like, uh, and it's not to say that it's, it's easy by any means, but it definitely feels like one for beginners. It feels like this is, you sit down there and you learn how to play a shooter off this one. And I really appreciated that. And, and really the only reason I said that is because Jeremy owned a Turbo Graphics, And I feel yes. like if you owned a Turbo yeah. Graphics then you are inducted into the school of, of hardcore shooters, uh, no matter what you wanted to do. If you that own the and if you own, yes, that and if you own the Turbo Graphics, probably um, a lot of depression. <laughs> well, I mean, getting besides that, I, I, was just, I just wanted to see if, if Jeremy actually enjoyed playing this one as, as, as a shooter fan. I know he's a pretty big shooter fan, so... Uh, was this something that you thought was a bit below you, or was this kind of on level of, of what you kind of enjoyed? No, this is this was fun. This is a fun shooter. It's not a shooter that I screamed at. Uh, I definitely have my fair share of those. And, and I do want to clarify, I am a shooter fan. Uh, I am not good at them. I am okay at them. I am, I am just fine at getting through most shooters eventually, but I am not good at shooters. There's plenty bullet hell shooters that I'm absolutely terrified of that I'm not good at. This is not a bullet hell shooter. Uh, this is uh, a forgiving game. They do not expect you to constantly dodge streams of bullets. I mean, there's bullets everywhere, and there's missiles to dodge. There's things you got to shoot, but it's not one of those things where the screen is literally full of a pattern of bullets, and you got to be pinpoint accurate to dodge everything. Mm -hmm. This is a much more forgiving kind of shooter. Um, you Real have quick, before we, I, I just want to ask you guys: Do you guys consider Contra a shooter? I know you mentioned Run and Gun earlier. That I do but... not. I consider Contra a Run and Gun game. Okay, I, I would too. I, I have in recent years. I have seen people refer to Contra as a shooter instead of something like a, a run-and-gun platform game. It uh, I, Those people, they're just trying to start some shit. That's all it is. It, it, I think with some games, it does get a little more blurry. I think Contra is, is much more clearly run-and-gun, but there are some others that are more, more sideways, bullet-hell kind of games, even though they're still the same. I, for the purpose of this podcast, there's there's this sort of game, the side-scrolling shooter that I would consider a shmup shooter, and then there's run-and-gun action games like Contra. Jackal's kind of one that's in the middle, right? It, it's It's got a top-down view. You're firing all over the place, but the, the rate of game and the way it plays is more like a Contra. Anyway, um, that's a whole episode. We could do a whole episode on how we define shooters that nobody would like. Uh, but this the, the other thing about this, so you have the forgetting parts you can fire back and forth. You have the health bar, which is great. You have multiple lives. A lot of games, I've played several games where you have a life bar with a shooter, but that's one life, and that's it. Like, once you have that life, that's it. you got to continue or your game's over. Uh, this game, thankfully, you have multiple lives as well. When you die, you get to start right where you were. The other thing that I found extremely forgiving and very nice is the weapon upgrade system in this. So... Unlike a game like Gradius, where you get power-ups and you have to power up your ship, and then if your ship dies, you start back at level one, right? You might get a slight, oh yeah, you, you get to, your ship explodes, you can pick up a couple pieces and you get a few upgrades. But generally, those, get, you know, a lot of shooters, that you'll, you'll power your ship up and you're, you feel impenetrable, and then you finally die somehow, you feel like you, there's no way in hell you're going to get back there. It's over, your game's done. Yes, you have ten lives, but it doesn't matter. You're not going to power up. 
this game has a constant upgrade that also transfers between both ships. So if you play the Zeppelin through three levels and then you decide to switch to the striker plane, you're exactly at the same place power-up-wise on your ship. Uh, instead of getting a series of pickups where like, oh, this is a lightning gun that makes a different shot or a, you know different missiles or whatever, you just have literal upgrade tokens. They have EX on them. They're little circles. When you pick up each an EX, you have a meter at the top of the screen, a little box that has three EX boxes. When you have three EXs captured, you go up a level on your ship. Uh, so then your EX goes back down to zero. You pick up three more, you're at level three. Pick up three more, you're at level mm -hmm. four. Uh, and the way that the power-ups are in this game is most of the time you'll see like a ship fly in the screen that looks very much like a box with wings on it. You shoot them, and a, a circle of power-ups come that give you three or four uh, power-ups, including most of the time two to three EXs. Uh, sometimes a, an individual one will come in on a little parachute, and you can shoot that, and maybe it's a power-up, maybe it's not. Uh, none of them are negative items, but you want to get these EX power-ups to level up your ship. If you get to level 10 on your ship, which means you've gotten you know 30 EXs, and you die, your ship immediately comes back in at the exact same power. That is, I mean, sure. I'm sure some people were like, yeah, it's for babies. Not for me. I thought it was great. It made it so that I didn't immediately hate losing, getting to the sixth level and losing and being like, well, now I'm done. I felt like I always had a chance because I'm coming back in with a, you know, another chunk of health bar with a brand new ship, but I've still got my power-ups. The only thing you can lose is one of the other power-ups you can pick up is an O that, that comes in a, in a little circle, and those give you the options, the little ships that fly up and up and below you. They don't do a whole lot, but it gives you more firepower, and it's nice. You do lose those. If you die and you have options, you don't come back with the options. But everything else you had, all your power-ups, you know, all your your your, your firepower, you're, you're just as you were before you died, and you start right where you were uh, unless you continue. That's extremely forgiving for a shooter. I mean, that's that's one of those things that, like, I always want shooters to do it first because, especially really hard ones, you're like, how am I ever going to see later parts of this game? Does that make it too easy? Probably. I mean, I did get... Right now, I played this right before the podcast again just to see, and, and without, like, doing anything tricky, without changing the, the settings to get more lives, without doing any save states, whatever, I got to level 5 on my first uh, set of lives. I didn't have to continue to get till I got to level 5. And I think I, I just made some mistakes. Like, I felt like I could have gotten farther. And that's great. With a seven-level game to feel like, theoretically, if I put a quarter in an arcade game and this had gave me three lives or whatever, I made it five levels in. That's wonderful. That's probably a sign that it's too easy, I suppose. But I'm okay with that because I really like the way... Uh, I, I really wanted to see what else this game was going to do because the levels do vary. Uh, bosses, not so much. But the levels themselves vary really, really well. And I wanted to see where it was going to go because it's not just... 10 space levels, like like we mentioned earlier. This takes you through a story about a nation that was defending itself and then, you know, attacking its invaders as you go through their cities. I really thought, you know, the, the story this game told, while it's a very plain story on a piece of paper, was told very well as you're playing the game. I mean, it was a story. That's that's, that's more than I usually remember getting um, from shooters. But, I mean, I, I, I guess there are people out there that are going to say... You know that this one is is too easy. You know because it's it's there there is a health bar. Uh, it's not just fucking one hit, and it's not. Uh, you know you don't pull your hair out at any point in time, and I, it makes you look cool to say that something's too fucking easy, right? I'm sure you you probably get through Ninja Gaiden on one life also. Um, but no, I, it, it this was a breath of fresh air when it comes to shooting games, because I, I don't feel like it held your hand at any point. 
And I don't feel like it was on easy mode, but at the same time, it took out a lot of the things from shooter games that, I mean, some people might think are key components to them, but just always feel really damn cheap to me. Um, so I was able to actually sit down and enjoy this one. And yeah, I, I did love that they did, you know, try to throw in a little bit of story in there. I love the presentation of it. Um, yeah, th this one, God, I was, was maybe a few levels in and was just completely dumbfounded by how much fun I was having with it. It's it's one of those games that doesn't it goes out of its way to make you not feel like you're at a disadvantage for most part. Yeah. I mean, and that's the exact opposite of most shooters where, as mentioned, you can go through most of the stage and, and really the whole goal is to power your ship up as most as much as you can so that you are just this you are just blasting enemies across the screen. Uh, you have nothing that can stand against you. But if you take one bullet, then you're back to basically nothing. And if you are at nothing, then you are at a complete disadvantage unless you just restart the game. And a lot of those those old shooters is pretty much just making you play through it as much as you can without dying so that you can keep all of those special abilities and, and weapons and stuff like that that you earn. But this one, I, you, you don't have to deal with that. And it's nice. I, I can't, I, you know, I'm probably just an old man saying this. I had a fun, I had just a, a nice little jaunt with this, this shooter. Uh, it's got some, some complaints, uh, that, that I would, uh, let levy at it or ledge at it, whatever. Um, but you know, I, I think for a Genesis game, this thing slows down way too fucking much. Uh, oh my is, God. It is, uh, it is, I, I expected better from a Genesis game. This is straight up almost like a super NES game. As far as like the slowdown goes, I was kind of shocked. I got to say, this is probably of 16-bit games, uh, the most slowdown I've encountered, and and quite is is an advantage or disadvantage when it when it slows down. On one hand, I guess you're able to take a peek at things for a second, but you kind of get into a rhythm when you're playing these games. And yeah, I I just I was fucking baffled because I have played games even on the Genesis that were a lot busier than this. And without any of the slowdown, I, I don't know if the, the developers were used to, you know, that slower pace, you know, just casting out there and waiting for the fish to bite. But God damn, this was uh, probably the 16 bit king of slowdown. Yeah, for, for a system that had Gunstar Heroes and Ranger X, like this is, it's, well, I mean, you for, know. For a system that, you know, the only thing it had going for it there for a while was that it had a game that moved fast. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's no blast processing in this one it goes out of its way to, to not blast process anything yeah um, sega sega does what nintendo does on this one it yeah they slows down all to hell it just seems like they ported a super nes game that never came out on the super nes sometimes but uh besides that you know you i can deal with that but the uh, jeremy i think mentioned that the repetition of the bosses mm -hmm. um, there's some cool bosses mm -hmm. in here Yes, uh, and and the designs are neat with the whole like steampunk planes and stuff like that. The train, even like a big train, um, but there's like they're just repeated, and and quite a bit. Uh, to the, I think like the the end of stage three, uh, stage three or stage four, that boss just comes back at the very beginning of stage five. So it's not even like you have to get to a boss rush mm -hmm. before you get to see these again. They just show up in the stages again. Yeah, that, that happens the first time in level three. So the, the to go through the levels real quick, I mean, it's a shooter. You don't need to get into too much detail. But the first the first level is the Mine City of Rawl, and that's the one where I'd say you want to use the Zeppelin. It's all 
uh, kind of overhead. It's a standard shooter, which you'd expect. You're flying through the sky. You're fighting other ships. The mini-boss at the beginning is kind of just this big cannon ship thing, like a regular battleship kind of thing. You're flying around and fighting. No big deal. Uh, the end of that level is, is a cool train. You're going to fight like this steampunk train with giant cannons all over mm-hmm. it. Awesome. Uh, level two is inside the caverns, and that's the one where I think you want to use the, the, the biplane uh, because you have to go through these... After the first half where you're kind of flying into uh, the, the ship where they have this lighting effect where it's supposed to look like there's torches. Uh, and I think in other games you'd be able to make it so light fades in and out, but the Genesis really couldn't handle that too well. So instead, it kind of has like a flickery look for part of it, where this like it's it's like you're flying through random squares of darkness. It's a little weird, but it still works. It plays fine. It's hard to see bullets in there, but it's a slower section. And then you have rocks that fall down, and you have to dodge them. You get to a mini boss. It's just this kind of missile tank thing. Blow that thing up. No big deal, but then all of a sudden your ship turns around and it's it's like, oh, the mine's collapsing, you got to get out, and you have to fly through these little caverns as it goes very quickly, and you're trying to also, in some parts, blast your way through uh, parts of the wall that are still faded in. I, I cannot imagine getting through that with, uh, with the Zeppelin, but you can, because again, you have that bigger life bar, and you can continue right from where you were. But if you're trying not to lose a lot of lives, lose a lot of health, by, uh, the, the plane's the way to go there. But you get to the end of that level, and you fight this really cool drill tank. Level 2 probably has the only level in the game where you don't see bosses you'll see there anywhere else. Because level 3, mm. you're back outside, it's like a sky battle, and the first boss, the mini-boss, looks exactly like the mini-boss from level 1. It's got a few more bells and whistles on it, but it looks like the exact same ship. And and the, the end boss level 3 is this giant floating like fortress ship. You fly around it, you shoot cannons out and stuff, and then you kind of go underneath it and you have to to blow up these bay doors and and it it's i love levels of a of a, of a shooter where you have to fight a, a ship that's so big it's several screens long you're taking out gun emplacements you get, you're just dodging stuff there's ships flying out of it this has that and you're right level five starts that same boss level four is a is a like a it looks like it's a part of an overwater battle i don't think it matters which ship you use for that level both would be fine because you're not going through a lot of stuff but there's also a fair amount of things to dodge uh, so you could go with either ship there. Uh, that has another plane boss in the middle. It's new looking, but it kind of acts the same way as the bosses did in level one and three. It has mm-hmm. a submarine at the end, which at first you're like, oh, cool, because it literally just the periscope comes up. You got to fight the periscope as it shoots these missiles around. But then once you do enough damage, then it flies up and it's another ship. You just fly around and do the same thing you did for the first and third level. Uh, level five is literally two of those floating fortresses from level three. Again, a few more bells and whistles, but it's stuff you've already seen. And it continues that way for the last two levels. I mean, it, it's uh, level six has another train that's just like the train you fought in level one, but it has a couple more guns on it, fires a few more times. And, and the last level of the game, which, spoilers, after you, you, you go through these cities, you, f- you go over this, the, the ocean to get to the, uh, the Motorhead Empire's you know, main city, you take on their fortress. At the end of level six, you get shot into space by their giant cannon oh. they're going to use to destroy the world. And the last level of the game is in outer space. And then it is a standard space shooter, except that all you're fighting out there is other Zeppelins and, and like these giant uh, steampunky sort of planes on the way to to their, their fortress where they're going to use that giant cannon to blow up the Earth, I suppose. Uh, and so your job is to go there and stop that from happening. But those last two bosses, while they're, again, they're mechanically fine, you've already fought bosses that do this. 
The only thing with that last boss is that basically uh, the very last boss of the game is actually not impressive looking. It's just another ship that kind of acts like the Zeppelin. Uh, you're fighting against your own Zeppelin, except after you do enough damage, it starts, it basically shoots these wings out of the top and bottom of it and shoots fire across the screen that you basically are going to die a bunch. If you don't have a bunch of lives or a bunch of bombs that make you invincible while they do a bunch of damage, you're going to hit that last boss, and I don't really know how you can avoid it. I'm sure it can happen, but I sure couldn't. I needed a bunch of bombs to get through it and, uh, and some luck. So it, it's... It's a neat game. I really like the level progression, but yes, the bosses are easily, like after the third level, you've seen what this game has to offer you in bosses. And while they're cool, you're going to see them again for four more levels. Billy, how much did you laugh when that you got blasted into space? I, I, I think I actually, I can't remember if I talked to both of you or just Jeremy P. at the time. Um, and I just, because I was sitting there and I, I had said to myself, Maybe just a little bit before is like, wow, I wonder how long it is before I end up in space. <laughs> um, and the moment it happened, the moment that I saw, I, I was loaded up. <laughs> Get ready to fucking blast off. Uh, I just had to sit it down for a minute and and just had a, a, a hearty laugh over it. And it wasn't even a laugh because something funny was going on. <laughs> um, I, it was just, it was madness. And I... I was equal parts amused. Um, there was a little bit of eye rolling thrown in and and just flabbergasted all around that this game that I prided on the fact that, well, at least I'm not in space in this one. It managed to give it to me right there at the end. Managed to send me up into damn space anyway. Um, but, you know, it had established... It had established... This is a game that... that right out the gate establishes a lot of goodwill and as you play slowly starts to chip away at it and you just have to hope it started it gave you enough at the beginning there to, to where there's some left that when it's all said and done you know i think i would have been less uh, critical of that space stage if it if it didn't just look like the most generic windows 98 <laughs> space background for like a desktop wallpaper you could possibly it, make. Uh, it, it looks like you're fucking, you're fighting through a damn screen. Like you got these little tiny little planets in the back. Uh, uh, the rest of this game looks really great. Yes. Uh, you know, there's like one stage where in the clouds, I think it's stage three, all of that awesome parallax scrolling, uh, you know, in the city, everything in the caverns and stuff, or whatever. It looks really good. And then the last stage is supposed to be your big, like, final stage. And yeah. It's just like, here's a Windows 98 screensaver. In space. I, I can I can only assume the people that made this didn't want to do it. But they were told, hey, you got to have a space stage. And they're like, we you got, know, yeah. we're, we're, we're simple folks. Um, you know, we're used to things on Earth with our fishing. We make fishing games. We don't go up <laughs> in space. We're simple. We're simple people. We make black bass. Um, we, can can we make the last level in a lake with that? We have with, with flying fish. Yes, we have um, a lot of fish uh, that we have already had. You, it's yes. in this other game. We can just put we it have in this all game. the assets. All yes. the assets are right here. Um, but they're like, no, you know, shoot them up. You got to go in space. And they're like, all right, you want a space stage? We'll give you one. But our hearts aren't in it, and and, and it shows. It shows in there. Well, also, I was surprised. This is a game that did a really good job of theming. So it starts, you know, you can, you, when you turn the game on at first, you get a cool little cinematic story if you want to read through it before you hit start. And then every level has that wraparound that feels like a movie. And then you beat the last boss, and there's nothing 
It literally just nothing. shows a picture of, no, of space nothing. that does not look like a movie's fill. Just a picture of space and credits roll. That's it. There's nothing else to it. Oh, my, there may as well have been a screen that came up and said, kiss our ass. <laughs> no ending at all. I mean, but you know, these, these are the fucking these, fishing games. You don't have no endings. Um, That's true. They had no experience <laughs> with endings. I guess <laughs> they had no idea what to do. <laughs> They blew the budget right there on that fucking space. You know, they were so dejected after the space stage. Like, you know, we don't even have it in us. But no, I... This game could have... It could have saved um, some of the some of the goodwill it lost with, like, like a little cinematic ending. At least something fitting with the... I mean, because it was... You know, it had cutscenes throughout. It was a fairly cinematic game for at the time. Um, you just expected something. You know, and, and I don't think he'd be foolish to expect this game would have, you know, at least a half decent ending to it. But the fact that it there is nothing straight to the credits, um, it, it's it's almost insulting to an extent. It is, but how many shooters are you honestly going to see the ending to? And, and my answer generally is none. Maybe one if I'm lucky. Uh, even sh- I, shooters I, I like, I don't see the ending often. to any of them because I shut that shit off pretty pretty fast, about ten minutes in. I guess I expected something with how much they had put, like you said, like how much they had put into the story and making this this whole thing play out in the style, and and there's just literally nothing there. I, that's This is like NES 101 here, except you didn't get any, you know, maybe you got some cutscenes, but fuck, you just literally go straight to the, the credits. Like, that's just crazy. I, I don't know if they just kind of didn't have enough memory in the in the cartridge or i don't i don't know but it's really it's it's jarring i guess after what they had done for the rest of the game fuck once you got into space it was jarring but then like to go from that to just nothing was just like oh okay well i mean it was a cool game but goddamn couldn't even give me a thanks for playing yeah uh, it's you know you put your shoes on leave time to go home uh, I, I would like to imagine um, if I if I did a little fanfic real quick that these heroes, after getting back home, um, retire and and take up competitive bass fishing. Well, that that, that makes a lot. This is the precursor. This is the the prequel. Yes, this is the prequel super to Black Super bass. Black Bass. Well, this game is well regarded enough. Uh, at least if again, if you're looking for shooters that are a little more forgiving but have this steampunk aesthetic, there's not many. So this game was re-released in 2004 for the Game Boy Advance only in Japan and Europe. We didn't get that here. But in 2014, uh, it was re-released for the 3DS as a brand new game. It's the same basic game, but it's redone completely. So the camera's a little further out. You can see more of the screen. The graphics look a little bit more cartoony, but still have that same feel to it. They just You can tell it's not just a straight port of the Genesis game. They, they redid all of it. Uh, and it's still available now on the 3DS. Uh, I did not play it myself, but I watched a little video of it, and it, it's definitely this kind of game, but you know, a little prettier and, and a little farther out, which I think with shooters is a good thing. I think seeing more of the screen with a shooter, as long as you can see your ship really well, is, is a benefit. There's definitely a limit to that. But it's it's not too bad. Uh, it's a little better off than this one is for for how much visibility is there. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and it's also by the same uh, the same developers more or less. That was developed by Starfish, which is made of X uh, Hot B staff to the point where they are the company that is doing the current run of Black Bass games. So mm. <laughs> again, they still mm. bread and butter is the Black Bass games for Starfish. Yeah. And, and Hot B uh, back in 1992. So, yeah, if you like shooters, I think we've all decided this this is well worth trying. It's a nice, forgiving shooter, and there's nothing that's going to gonna fit this aesthetic. Just don't expect an ending, because there is not one here. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and if you like shooters, try it out. But I will also say, uh, if you don't like shooters, um, if you if you are lukewarm towards them, or if you've tried a couple and you didn't think they were for you, uh, if you ever wanted to give the genre a second look, this this might be the one. I, I know we've had our complaints about it, um, but this you're not going to find one that's that's much more accessible and and plays quite as smooth as this one does. And if you like fishing games, <laughs> yes. give Hot B's other video games a, a chance. <laughs> Everything Super but this one. Super Black Bass is a pretty good game. Uh, check out our episode on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is actually a really a really fun little shooter. It's mm. uh, the whole style, like I said, the whole style, everything about it, and the accessibility. It's it's right up my alley as far as being able to enjoy a shooter. So. Uh, this was this was a good pick. Thank you, Patreon, uh, for not torturing me with this one. So yeah, that's our thoughts on Steel Empire for the Genesis. Thank you again, Adam O, for requesting that. And if there's a game you really want us to cover, the best way to do it is to join our Patreon. Uh, and and at the Super Retrovaniac DX Deluxe Two Turbo Rank, whatever I called it, mm -hmm. uh, you can force us to cover a game uh, like like Adam did here uh, to cover Steel Empire. Either a game you like and you wish more people you know tried like he did, or maybe a game you just you just don't like and you want other people's opinions on that they you know to see if maybe you're just wrong. Uh, that's the best way to do is to go to our Patreon. You also can can send us requests uh, on on a list. We do the list for the Patreon if you're not a Super Retro DX member, or or you can send it to if you go to the Retrovania.net website. There's links to all of our social media, uh, this podcast, our YouTube channel, everything. But at the very bottom, there's a series of blanks that we use to type in things to send us as questions and requests. And that is the kind of thing we're going to do when we answer it, like we're going to do right now. Yeah, and our first question comes from your third cousin twice removed that works for Sega. And he's wanting to talk about chicken sandwiches. Now Hello, I'm man. In. I'm in. It seems like there's been a severe lack of fast food discussion lately, so I aim to remedy that. All these fast food places are introducing new chicken sandwiches to compete with the king that is Popeye's chicken sandwich. Have you guys tried any of these new sandwiches? And if so, which is your favorite? If not, then what the fuck? Also, I suggest Billy comes to my neck of the woods in Hickory, North Carolina, and get a giant Cajun burger from the local hole in the wall called Reynolds. Anyway, great job with the show, and next time I'll give you boys an inside scoop on the next big, amazing 3D Sonic game that I'm working on. Sonic turns into a werewolf, has weird human-hedgehog relations, impossibly long load times, and a love triangle with Knuckles, Tails, and Big the Cat, all in 4K 60 FPS. I've, I, I, I think I, I think I've uh, I think I've seen some of the leaked video from that, actually. Um, but no, I I have tried. A, a handful of the chicken sandwiches out there. And I, I have to say that Popeye's hands down um, is the king of the fucking chicken sandwich. There, there's just something about it. It's, it's more substantial. Uh, it's got just a little bit more spice to it than the others. Uh, there, there's just something about it. And as far as visiting you in Hickory and going to Reynolds, that would be my second trip. To Reynolds. I have been there before. <laughs> we were around the Hickory area for a weekend and went there, and I did get the giant cheeseburger while I was there. And I will say, um, yeah, that it, it, it was a cheeseburger of note. Um, so yes, Reynolds 
uh, a plus in my book Popeye's definitely def and, and you know it's a battle for second place at this point and I guess Chick-fil-A is uh, it's kind of sad for them because I, I think they were on top of things for so long um but you know Burger King has one that that rivals these other ones also it, it's amazing how people got on board with this the best thing is that people are still trying companies are still trying to crank out these chicken sandwiches now that the war is clearly over um i i think the dust has settled and it's it's popeyes all the way i have somehow not even had the popeyes chicken sandwich yet I don't what know is how. Going on here? Well, you know what it is is that uh, I am a big fan of Popeyes. Just I like standard chicken, so I I go to Popeyes. I just get spicy chicken, and I let them make the the onion rings, even though it takes two and a half days. I don't care, and biscuits, and that's what I get every time. And I never get sidetracked by a sandwich. But you know what? I am home by myself tomorrow. So by the time you're listening hey, to this now. episode, uh, unless there's some horrible mishap, I will have tried the Popeyes chicken sandwich. But you know what? I don't care that everybody else has their own new amazing chicken sandwich because I'll tell you right now, and you mentioned, I thought you were going to mention it, but you mentioned the new Burger King chicken sandwich. I will go for that sad oval Burger King chicken sandwich every time. I love that terrible thing. <laughs> it's like a school lunch chicken sandwich, and it is incredible. I'm going to be the odd one out and just be like, I don't, I don't really care for that Popeyes chicken sandwich. I don't know. Oh my God. I know. I, I don't know if it's because it's the Popeyes that I have been to. And let me tell you, that, that goes a long way in the quality of the Popeyes food that you get. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It really goes a long way. I have been to two different Popeyes to try this chicken sandwich, and both times it has not been anything. I Maybe the hype ruined it for me, but I was expecting like the greatest thing I've ever eaten. I got the spicy one the first time, which was just, I, it was nothing. There was not the it was more crust than anything. It was oily. It was at least spicy. I'll give it that. Uh, but then I had the regular one next because I was like, well, maybe I'll just give the OG chicken sandwich a chance that everybody was flipping out on. And again, it was just like overcooked. It was more mayo than sandwich. And uh, the best thing on it was the pickles. So I, I maybe I've just had really bad luck with Popeye's chicken sandwiches. But for me, for the time being, Chick Fil A is is the best chicken sandwich i will say though in with what jeremy said uh i will take a mcchicken any day of the week. Ooh, and they're only a dollar there I, there was a time where i worked at best buy for like a year and i would say probably 90 percent of my my lunches there was over at the mcdonald's eating a fucking mcchicken and a dollar fry well listen, so, listen here listen here as we're recording this um 10.59 today, this morning, I had myself a McChicken. Um, I, I, you know, the McChicken, it's just, it's comfort. It's been there for you. It's been there for you since you're a kid. People in your life, how many can you say were there for you as a kid and are still there now? You know? Yep. Hardly hardly any. McChicken's been there for you. It's still there for you. And it, it's cheap. And, you know, I... And it's there's a McDonald's around every fucking corner. There's a McChicken. There's an opportunity to have McChicken right there. Um, much easier than it is for me to drive to the other side of town. So definitely, if I want a chicken sandwich, if I'm not within proximity, I'm not going to make the drive. Um, I will gladly get my McChicken, um, you know, with mayonnaise and cheese and, and call it a day. 
And there's a lot of people that's just like, oh, the McChicken doesn't count because it's not really a chicken sandwich. Listen, it costs like a dollar. I'm not expecting a real chicken sandwich. That's like when I get a burger from McDonald's. I'm not expecting a real burger. I just want that that comfy McDonald's thing that I'm going to get, whether it be a Big Mac or a McChicken. I know it's not, uh, you know, five-star food from the greatest place ever, but that's what I want when I want it. And, uh, yeah, a McChicken, is, it, it always hits the spot, uh, especially when it's just, like, literally just, like, a dollar. So, uh, So thank you. Your third cousin twice removed that works for Sega for sending that in. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll we'll see what Jeremy says about the Popeyes chicken sandwich on the next episode. Maybe he will uh, he will either let's see which uh, team Jeremy or or team Billy on this mm-hmm. one. So we'll mm-hmm. see. All right, now our next question comes in from Jolly Holiday, and yes. uh, they're uh, writing in. Let's, <laughs> they're let's writing... listen. Let's listen closely to what they have to say. Well, you won't have to listen long. Uh, what's on their mind is Mister Saxo Beat. Uh, remember that song, Mr. Saxo Beat. I think what I think that's, I think that sound would sound good if the guys who made it, Vengabus covered it. Oh wait, <laughs> sorry, I read that wrong. Let me just start this one over because, God damn it! <laughs> I know exactly who wrote this question. I don't know. Let me try this again. <laughs> remember the song, Mr. Saxo Beat. I think that sound would sound good if the guys who made Vengabus covered it. That's the question you guys are supposed to answer. That is now. that is quite the question. I, I do remember Mr. Saxo Beat. I have very fond memories of uh, very loudly talking about how much I love that song <laughs> one night in Atlantic City. Uh, so I think I know who sent that question in. And I do agree, if the Venga Boys covered it, it would probably be incredible. Uh, Venga Boys, of course, being one of the best bands of all time. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I agree with that. It's not much of a question. It's more of a statement. He thinks it will be great. I, I happen to agree. Yeah, um, uh, th- that's a strong statement, and I-, I do agree. I do also recall very fondly <laughs> Mr. Saxo Beat, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mr. Saxo Beat made it into a Just Dance game. Um, God, I can't remember which one, but I remember being thrilled. Well, I'm going to find out. Fact- I'll be buying that this weekend. By- I remember being thrilled by the fact that it was on there, and that is the reason I tried a Just Dance game. Um, but yes, um, Made by the Venga Boys would only have improved it. I, I think that could be said for any song. Though. Turning this song into an actual game question, did e- did any of you really get into the whole uh, plastic instrument video game thing that, that ravaged the world for like a good six or seven years? Are you talking like, uh, no, we're not talking DDR, right? Like the We're talking, no. I mean, you can. Okay. I'm t- anything that really came with uh, an accessory, DDR, Guitar Hero. Oh, I was I was hell band. on DDR. Okay. Uh, Jeremy and I used to write for the same website, and I grifted some folks out of sending me <laughs> for for the sake of reviewing it. One of those fancy metal DDR pads. I had that thing for years. I played that fucker until it broke down. Um, but no, um, yeah, I I was all about DDR. I had that. I had a collection of the. You know, the pads you would buy and they were good for like one weekend until your friend that was heavy footed came over and played um, and just destroyed them. Um, I somewhat got into Rock Band a little bit, I thought, but I played it more as like a relaxing type thing. Like I would always lean back, (laughs) put that guitar on and and just kind of play through like some of the easier ones. I, I definitely was not one of those that was was striving to fucking crank the difficulty all the way up, pick the hardest song and and nail every, everything on it. Um, 
but no, I have only played maybe one um, rock band game, maybe one Guitar Hero game. Uh, mostly it was it was one of those with whether if you know I went over to someone's house and they had it, I yeah you know, I get on there and play around for a minute or two because um, yeah you know, I, I I love a damn rhythm game. Um, but I, I never got into them enough to where I owned like everyone that came out and I, and, and had several guitars laying around and, and I never did the thing where I had all the, all the other instruments. Um, now I'll play a fucking karaoke game every now and then. I think lips on the 360. Um, I had the mics for that and also Def Jam put out a karaoke game. I think, uh, I think it was Def Jam. There, there was a rap-based karaoke game on the 360 um, that I I played that thing heavily. I, I love a damn karaoke game, and that's something that, uh, you know, they've gone now to where they're letting you use your phone for a mic, and I've tried that a couple times. I, it's, it's just not the same. you got to have that microphone. So I have played a lot of Guitar Hero. I, I never bought it because the benefit of Guitar Hero and Rock Band to some level is that a lot of folks who normally wouldn't have bought music games bought those, right? So I'd yeah. go to a friend's house, and they'd be like, oh, let's play some guitar here. I'm like, sure. And I was good at them because I was good at music games. And, I, I mean, yes, I can play guitar, arguably, but it has nothing to do with those games. It's all about just hitting the buttons at the right time, so it's more of a DDR with your fingers, right? So I, I was okay at those, but I never bought them. However, I did have Samba de Amigo for the Dreamcast with the $80 mm. stupid maracas. I had Tyco Drum Master with the plastic drums. Uh, if it had a weird accessory I was in, but when it actually came to, like, oh, no, Guitar Hero or Rock Band, once it actually looked at instruments, I was like, no, that's for babies. I'm going to play my giant stupid maracas game. Uh, yeah, the yeah that was great. I think really I I did play one rock band game that was I think it was the one that had like the the rendition of the South Park Timmy song in it. Turns out I can do a really bang up version of the South Park Timmy song, uh, which probably explains why I was so terrible at the rest of that game. <laughs> but uh, what else? Did I, I I Sing Star for the PS3 and and I guess PS4. I was, yeah. I was pretty into that. I I do enjoy a good karaoke game as well. So. And that one does come with the the microphone. Uh, yeah, like you, I, I'm not really a big fan of the whole, like, you know, seeing into your phone. Like, uh, but uh, I I need a microphone if I'm going to be doing that kind of stuff. And I think that's that was, like, the cool thing about Rock Band is, like, it really just kind of let everybody do their own thing. Uh, I've never been coordinated enough to play a, an actual guitar, uh, but being able to, like, pick up a microphone or, or even play the drums, somehow I can I can kind of do that. Uh, that was always fun with Rock Band. My my friend, uh, he actually had the whole set of the the whole Rock Band uh, thing, and uh, that was really fun to play through with him. But I guess for me, I I, I did only ha I owned one one Rock Band thing, and, and with the the guitar, and realized that I am not very good at that. So I'm going to congratulate myself on that question, and not not Jolly Holiday. So thank you for at least <laughs> leading into that question, Jolly. And this one is going to be our final question. And this one comes in from General Leo's Headstone. And he wants to talk about free play in beat-em-ups. Hey, guys, I just want to say that I absolutely love your show and look forward to every new episode. It's by far my favorite retro gaming podcast. Oh, thank you. My question is regarding beat-em-ups. It's a genre I grew up with both in arcades and on home consoles, and I've always really enjoyed them. Unfortunately, whenever any of the classics get re-released -re these days, either on their own or part of a collection, they're always an arcade version and set to free play with no other option. The beat-em-up beat genre is a bit mindless by default, 
but I find setting it to free play just makes it pointless. There's something that enhances the experience when you've either got real quarters or on the line with limited lives and continues. But if you can just keep continuing for free into perpetuity, into perpetuity with no consequences, you might as well just be jerking off with one hand while mindlessly slapping buttons on your controller with the other. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? Do you guys prefer free play? I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it as an option, just not the only option. Thanks. Well, I def I definitely um I can see the point there. Um that that's definitely something where there should at least be an option because you know otherwise and I felt this way before too. I mean, I'll play uh, I'll free play. I'll play through the game. Um but it's one of those things you sit down and you start the game and you know you're going to finish it. Um you, you, there's no real you know, kind of, kind of risk there. Uh, there's, there's no real tension there. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're going to make it. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of how many times you have to hit that, that, that button once you die to come back. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, there are, there are ones that won't even send you back to the beginning of the level. They'll just continue to drop you off right where you, right where you were. So, uh, it, it can be fun. Uh, I spent when my son was younger, I mean, that's definitely the way to play. Uh, if you got if you got a younger player with you, um, but no, it, it's I I think that is there's a point there, um, to where it is it does have kind of a a, a pointless thing to it, um, if you're playing a game with absolutely no stakes or anything like that, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it should always be an option to uh to to have a, a number of lives. It should also be the option to have free play at any given point in time. Uh, sometimes maybe you just want to play through it. I, I would say play through it for the story, but it's a beat em up, so you know, we know how that usually goes. You know that that's a really good point. I I would I was about to say yeah, I fully agree that games should have a, a limited number of lives and whatever. But then almost every modern game really doesn't, right? I mean, play a game like Ratchet and Clank, you can die a million times. Yeah, you have checkpoints and you'll go back to them, but it's designed so that if you just keep trying, you'll eventually get through it. I think the difference with a brawler. Like a like a you know double dragon style thing is is they are so simple that if you take away the threat of danger then there's literally you're just paying on a button like there's nothing else to it um, you know you don't have puzzles to figure out you don't have trying to use certain items you're literally just like yeah I'm gonna punch and kick these guys before they punch and kick me so if you take away the threat of oh I can't go any farther that that does kind of ruin the game so that that's a very good point um, but. But the more I thought about it and the more I think about it now, I'm finding exceptions to that statement where there's a bunch of games where beat-em-ups where you get unlimited tries. And it's like, well, I don't mind that in that case. I, I don't know why, but I feel the exact same way. Even with a game like, uh, it's different, but uh, on the, the original Nintendo, you could get Rampage, right? It's not a very good port, but I played a lot of it. And, it, and ultimately, my brother and I finished every level because you could continue indefinitely. It never ended. You could just play forever. Well, that's awful because the, the, the strength of that game was it was, you know, exactly what you wanted to be, being giant monsters that tear up buildings. But in the arcade, you had to be very careful not to lose enough life, not to lose too much life and make sure you continued eating to fill your life up. Once you can continue forever, it's literally just like, no, I just punch buildings till they fall. Like, there's nothing else to it. It really cuts out a, a whole aspect of the game to not have limits. I, I, I completely agree. Uh, this is something that has always bothered me whenever they do do a re-release -re of these of brawlers it is one of my favorite genres of games you know i probably covered it more on the youtube channel than just about any other genre but yeah it, it's like they balance those in a way back in the the super nes and 16-bit days to where they were like all right this is how many lives it takes for you to be decent at this game to beat it and it it does add a lot more strategy into those kinds of games especially 
you're playing two player, you'd be like, oh, you know, you've got more lives right now. You take the you take the brunt of the hits to this guy, you know, so I can just stay back and kill like the the dudes that's coming in at you. Uh, you know, you need this health more than I do. Once you take that away, then it just becomes just like we just do whatever the fuck you want, and that's that can be fun in certain you know certain ways. But if you're wanting to play it as an actual game and not just a, a fuck around kind of thing, then I think just having free play does does hurt it mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, yes, most games these days you can just continue as much as you want, but I mean brawlers they're just so simple. I mean there's nothing to them, and if you're just going through it, it, I mean you're you're really just kind of playing them just to be like, well, all right, here's the next stage. You know how long does this go on? And I don't remember that being the case back playing them in the 16-bit and arcade days because I was playing for something. You know, I mentioned Double Dragon in the previous episode. I only had one quarter to get as far as I could at Double Dragon at that stupid barber shop that I was at where I played it. And it was the most intense five minutes of my entire life up to that point because I knew I could not get any further than that one quarter. But years later, I think it was released on the Xbox Live Arcade uh, or I played it on MAME or whatever. You take that away, and it's just like, oh, all right, this is nothing. You know, all that intensity is gone, and it really loses a lot. What you know makes those those games kind of special. So, I agree. I wish they would give the option. If you want to do free play, do free play. Otherwise, you know, at least balance it out so you can be like, all right, here's how many lives you need to to uh, to get through this. Uh, if you're talking about like something like the Ninja Warriors again, which was like remade kind of for for newer consoles like the Switch and PS4. Uh, they do like a one life kind of thing per stage. So where like you, you have like, you're graded on like one life. You can still continue at a checkpoint, but at that point, like you are, you're not, you don't get as good of a grade if you just go through it in one life or something like that. So that gives you the option of being able to continue, but still like wanting you to push to be as, as good as you possibly can at the game. So I think that's something uh, that, that works out pretty well. I think streets of rage four, like did a good job of it as well. Um, I don't think that was free play. I think brawlers especially benefit from having a number of lives and a number of continues that you can do from. So yes, I totally agree on that one. But anyway, thanks everybody. That is going to do it for this week. If you would like to go to the site that I don't actually ever update, it is retrovania.net. But you can totally scroll down all the way to the bottom and there is a contact form. Fill that thing out, click send, and we will get all of the magical love that you send to us. So please do that, and we will be back uh, next time to read all of your lovely, lovely messages. And the next episode is also another patron-requested episode. So again, as a reminder, if you are very interested in bonus episodes of Retrovaniacs, we do two on the main feed that you're listening to now, plus two other exclusive episodes on our Patreon feed, uh, or request a game for us to cover, then the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. Links are always in the comments for the podcast. They're also on Retrovania.net. Uh, but yes, we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new Patreon-requested episode, and we'll see you then.